there's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Money can buy you oh, That's right, I do. It's a real housewife who sings that. Ben Kissel. All right. Well, money can buy you class. That's money what I... can buy you class. <laughs> and then she the does the Asian breakdown. Yeah. But you don't do the Asian part of that, please. I didn't do like a ninja. No, you did not do like a ninja. Thank I can, though. No, do not. But go back. If you do want to listen to the real housewives of I forget what county, just Google her and you'll find some great songs. Like a ninja, it is. She's playing a character. All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Speaking of characters, who is he going to be today? You know, it's October, oh, uh-huh. and we are getting into some scary stuff, of course, besides kind of. just the fact that it's 80 degrees in the middle of October, besides the fact that Donald Trump, a man bent upon world domination, mm. is going to be president. I don't think he's going to be president. I think that Hillary Clinton's going to shed her skin very soon. <laughs> you think Hillary is the reptile and he's the human? Unfortunately, I think Donald Trump is very human. Nah, well, we got to get you on top hat, buddy. This is the, these are the... These are the cutting-edge opinions we need. You have to... To be a real politician, you have to be a reptile. Donald Trump truly is an outsider, but he shouldn't be president. You see, it's a weird thing. In order to be president, you have to be a lizard. You must be a lizard. Yes, because you have to not have these feelings. You're dealing with many levels of interdimensional talks. Do you think Donald Trump can talk to the Greys? Do you think Donald Trump can (laughs) talk to the Nordics? At this point, I I feel like you're making the pitch for Hillary. If she can talk to the Greys and interdimensional beings, that's the president we want. It might be the president we need. An exopolitician. That's what we're looking for. Um, but yes, thing, but you know what's really scary? So you're off the Bazagio train? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? <laughs> you know what's actually very scary? My hair loss. Oh, don't oh, bring up your I hair loss. I want to be real with everyone. Oh, my God, Henry. Your um, hair is fine. I don't think it is. I was looking at a video of myself. I took a video. You ever take a video of yourself while you're sitting on the toilet accidentally because, you know, uh, Instagram has the your story thing, and then you click on it accidentally, and it turns on while you're taking a shit, I'm and just you see gonna... a big bloated red <laughs> face heaving over the toilet, and you see how your hair is, just looks like a bunch of cobwebs on top of a, no, a, a, I... a leprechaun's lawn ornament. Yeah. That's that's my life now. You're I'm just a leprechaun with a bunch of cobwebs on top of it. That doesn't sound bad. Cobwebs, that's a lot of hair. But I've just been taking all this biotin in order to fix it. I'm just thinking about being honest. we got to be mm. honest on this show. we got to be transparent Well, I mean, I show. just feel like you're not losing that much hair. And if you do go bald, that's fine. Look at Jason Alexander. He was a very successful television Started character at Seinfeld. I got explained to me by my manager, you never start with hair and then have not hair. You have to be bald from the beginning or be bald when you're old. Yeah, this is what this this is why the industry is awful. Henry <laughs> had a two-hour meeting and he came back shattered. <laughs> Henry, don't forget. You peed in Leonardo DiCaprio's toilet, and no one can take that away from you. Thank you, and I'll always remember the smell of the... the, He just had normal Febreze. What what kind of Febreze did you think he would have? I think he's something fancy, but he didn't. I thought he'd have, like, Chanel number 5 Febreze. A bowl of potpourri. Oh, my God. Nah, that's for fucking old women. Leonardo DiCaprio is too busy eating muff to have potpourri. All right. Uh, all right. So today's episode, speaking uh, speaking of creepy, we got some creepy pastas for you. And I don't want to hear one word about my reading abilities. It's on purpose. It's all fun. And I just want to get this out of the way right now. Fuck! 
Look. Thank you. Give the people what they want. That's right. Um, now, these listener pasta episodes, what I really like about this shit is the fact that our community is filled with very creepy, strange, broken people, but Not also broken. they know how to communicate well through the written word. They now, do. we want to... <laughs> We want to celebrate our audience. We we wouldn't be anywhere without the people listening to this show. Yep. And uh, yes, it's like we cover a lot of creepy, horrible subjects on the show. But I think that there's enough creepiness and horribleness just in our people that listen to our show that we can celebrate it for Halloween. Well, you know what? The creepiness and the evilness isn't in the people. They put it to the page. Yeah. And inside of them is nothing but love. All that right, is so actually true. We do have very loving fans. Wonderful fans. Very, very friendly. Yeah. And so, this is for you. This yes. is for you. Now, before we do this episode, what I'd like you to do, um, if you're home, leave the house. What? Just for a second. Just get out of the house. They can't do anything illegal out there. They have to stay fully clothed. I, say, I always say don't kill the boy. Let the boy live. All right? The boy will grow up to maybe cure cancer or be the police officer that will eventually arrest you for the rest of your crime. So don't kill the boy. Or hair loss. Maybe it'll cure hair don't loss. Don't do this! Okay. Um, then come back in the house once you've realized that you're part of a of the... You Once you look out at the hologram that is outside of your house and have grown satisfied that reality is real. Come back in the house and I want you to take off first your shirt. Um, and hopefully you're dry. Because let's come down. Let's just face facts, right? Everybody hates seeing somebody be visibly wet, unless no. it's Crisco, and unless it's a it's a girl from Hawaii. Maybe Michael Phelps. They liked him being wet. He won a lot of golds. Only because he came back with the fucking golds. Yeah. Uh, I want you to roll yourself up the the thickest branch of fucking Satan's oregano. I want you to just do something. <laughs> do something different today. If you if you if you dab, take a dab. All right. Huh? Hopefully, you don't have like a the seizure. Arm thing? No, like not the arm Jason thing. Kaepernick the weed, did? the weed or, thing. What is it? Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. The weed thing? The weed thing. Dabs. Oh, dabs. Oh, yeah, you oh, fucking idiot. Knife hits. Yes. No, yeah. not knife hits. You're that's classless. We really can't <laughs> go down this hole. Do drugs. Um, quit your job. Come home. Just leave your office. Come home and get ready for this year's episode of Listener Pastas. This time, oh, spaghetti. Gonna crawl up your mm. asshole. You imagine, oh, so many spaghettis turning into gigantic spiders. Oh, Listener Pasta. Unless you're recently sober and have a job that you like for the first time ever, stay sober, keep your job. Please Fuck do. the wagon, man. <laughs> stay on it. All right, Henry, do you want to start us off? Yes. This is a story called Saskatchewan. By Morgan. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a cologne. It's a Canadian province. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds like it just it smells like you know, random leaves or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> Saskatchewan by Morgan. Beer farts. <laughs> I was 13 years old, out in a rural Saskatchewan, visiting my aunt and uncle's farm for the weekend. One night, my cousins, who were sisters, their friend and myself, who were all around the same age, were outside playing riding bikes and playing tag things 13-year-olds do. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't wink at me. You fucking just winked at me. They didn't see that, but Henry winked at me. Did he he wink at you? When he said things 13-year-olds do. What is going on with you? Curious (laughs) 13-year-olds. The more your hair goes, the more, like, focused you are on... I looked... I have one of those, like, mirrors in the shower, the no-fog mirrors in the shower, and I looked at it, I was washing myself, and I looked like an orangutan and just got out of the river. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Saskatchewan by Morgan. It was early November, so it got dark fairly early, especially out in the country. The sun had set, 
Stars were out, but there was still a bit of natural light left in the sky, so we all started riding our bikes back down the road to head in for the night. There was little to no light pollution out in the farm, so the sky and stars were very clearly visible. That's when we saw what looked like the northern lights, but it was eerily close to the ground, nothing like I had ever seen before. I could see it clearly in front of us, but my mind was having trouble grasping what I was witnessing. As we got closer, it seemed to disappear, almost fade. When we passed through where it had been hovering, we were about 30 yards away from the front of the driveway when we heard a bike fall to the ground with a skid. We stopped and turned around to see who had fallen. I looked at the ground where my cousin's friend's bike lay, and above it was that green light, again hovering above the ground we had just passed over. But it was holding my cousin's friend suspended in the air, arms stretched out to her sides, head hanging limp, unconscious five feet off the ground. We stared for what seemed like hours, but within a minute or two, the light disappeared and the girl was on the ground, waking up from whatever trance she was in. She said she didn't remember anything, but we all agreed we saw something. Since that day, my cousin said she barely saw or spoke to her friend. And apparently, even though she claimed she doesn't remember anything, she was never the same. Has attempted suicide on multiple occasions throughout her life, and is now a recluse living somewhere in a small town in Saskatchewan. Ooh, and that's the fate worse than death. Yes. That's like <laughs> that's hell, exciting. but on earth. But yes. with just bars that have weird pinball games and, and bacon that's ham. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Morgan, good to see you again. <laughs> okay. I'll go back to pinball. <laughs> Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. All right. All right. This next story is by Derek, and it's called Ant. This is my story about ants, Marcus. You, li- you like it? It's way creepy. My name's Derek. <laughs> uh-huh. And who are your ants, exactly? Um, Aunt Martha, Aunt Maybelline, is and there- Aunt Jerry. And it's a man. <laughs> but we're forced to call him Aunt by society. Well, that makes sense. That's how he identifies, perhaps. All right. This was written by a guy uh, who works in hospice care and oh. has done so... For years. During a stint in hospice care while travel nursing, a terminal patient took a turn for the worse, and medical care was discontinued except for pain control. They wound up lasting days longer than any of the doctors thought possible, and no amount of pain medication seemed to help ease the suffering. A week after the patient passed, family members of other patients began complaining of being invisibly slapped and shoved while in the room. Family and staff claimed to see the bedside rocking chair rock with no one in it, and things fall to the floor on their own. Anyone who entered the room swore it felt like someone was glaring at them with utter contempt. Shortly after that, the room began to continually be infested by ants, despite being several hospital floors up. They would be found on the walls, the floor, and the countertops. The room was treated by exterminators on three different occasions, but the ants would come back any time the room was reopened. An entry point for the infestation was never found. The unit managers shut the room down and the infestations ended. It was converted to a supply closet several months later, and the supplies were often found ripped open and strewn about as if someone was throwing a tantrum, but with no apparent culprit. The activity finally stopped when the hospital chaplain blessed the room on three different occasions and asked the presence to leave. Ooh. But who likes ants? Why would a ghost stand ants? 
thousands of ants? I guess the ghost liked them. Well, either way, being a hospice nurse is the closest a human can be to being the angel of death. <laughs> I would be so scared to go to work every day. It's oh. like a ghost factory. Who's going to die? <laughs> yeah, they're future ghosts. I mean, what is life? You know? I Life's think they might just, be current ghosts. Dude, my, my big thing is, man, death's just another fucking trip. Yeah. I agree. My friend, I think I've what told you, this. 15? Yeah, well, that is kind of true, though. It's just a ride, bro. I've told this story before, but my friend in college would, uh, I think he still does work in a nursing home, and he would tell me stories about how people would stand up, they would snag their skin, which is about as, it's like oh. paper mache yeah. at a certain age, and it would just rip down their whole bodies, and they have to glue it back on. I mean, who I wants would, to live like that? Yeah, I would hate to live my whole life like my whole body was just tearaway clothing. Yes, yeah. it's. I mean, it's kind of fun if you want to play a game of basketball. Yeah, but it's, it's just, just like, like it's like. Oh, yeah, you, you guys are shirts and skins. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking bone man sure knows how to do a layup. Clattering <laughs> <laughs> bones and meat to sink in threes. Well, Everyone's yeah. afraid to guard him exactly. because they get all this fucking g- g- guts. Fucking fluid all over him? Yes, it would be like what Magic Johnson went through before people got woke. <laughs> Remember that? Magic, he had a case of the, he had a problem. HIV. He, he beat it, though. He beat it. He did beat it. But what, does that have, wanna... what does that have to do with people getting woke? Uh, because yeah, you're people were like, saying... oh, you can't let him look at you, otherwise you're going to get it. And then ah. people realize, no, that's so not how it's transmitted. Genuinely use the term woke? <laughs> I said it woke, yeah. What is it? It means you are aware that you were ignorant once, but now you're woke. Just say that. Yeah. I don't like woke. Just say, but yeah, I don't like that either. Just say, like, like before people was idiots. No, before people was idiots is what, that's just a longer way of saying woke. Having HIV is not on fleek. That is true. (laughs) Um, All right, so this is my turn here. Uh, This is called the the Burned Girl by Annie. And I don't know if Annie burned her, but either way. (laughs) Uh, so I come from a big Catholic family, and I actually my family's Christian. Yeah, so that's that is cool. great, <laughs> kind of close to mine. Yeah. All right, so I already relate here. So I come from a big Catholic family. When our neighbor, when our old neighborhood started getting dangerous, my parents finally found a perfect house that would fit eight kids, and we moved in. Or one Ben Kessel. <laughs> I don't know. Gotta... Yes, oh, you yeah. fucking cocksucker. <laughs> you don't even have to cl- uh, classify. You just say Catholic family. We know it's going to be big. They don't. <laughs> they don't believe in wearing anything down there. Uh, shortly after, so okay, so they moved in. They got the eight kids in there. Shortly afterwards, my mom and dad would keep uh, waking up to someone whispering "mom" or "dad" directly into their ear. All right, so they didn't like that. They would wake up. Uh, they'd wake up, check on all of us, and we'd do. And we'd all be sleeping. The fire alarms were constantly going off. Sounds of footsteps all through the day and night, and the basement would get an overwhelming smell of freshly lit match. I, you know, sulfur. Yeah, sulfur. I remember my dad constantly yelling at us, asking, uh, who was playing with the matches? I, How fun. The way you go through these stories a lot of times, it reminds me of, like, a dad on Christmas Eve going through his kid's, like, Christmas list of all the, like, the gifts he forgot to get. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, okay, so, yeah, so the fire alarms are going off, a bunch of footsteps are happening, but the kids are asleep. I don't know how they're sleeping through all this. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> but either way, and then someone's playing with matches, but the kids say they don't. They didn't do that. One time, my brother walked out of his room into the hallway and stopped in his tracks because it was freezing cold. You want to move faster then, but that's fine. Uh, Then the fire alarm above his head instantly went off. My parents never believed in ghosts, but were thinking about moving out again. They were scared. So my mom decided. Don't even remotely sell it. They were scared. They were scared. They were scared. (laughs) 
They were scared. They were. They were scared. They're all right. See, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Try this next paragraph with that energy. Some mom decided to go to the library. After a few weeks, she came across an old article in the paper. 1958. Uh, it was, the article in the paper was from 1958. It was about a little girl who was playing with matches in our basement. She caught her dress on fire and wound up dying in the hospital. Sort of a Richard Pryor type moment. Oh, there. thank oh, you. Yeah, but a little I, girl. Thank you. But a little girl. I always wondered why running up the basement steps were, was the scariest thing ever. She had done the same thing while consumed in flames. Her parents were the ones that sold us the house around 30 years later. Thanks. <laughs> so. You said that like it was some sort of fair, like, while she was consumed in flames. I think it's just fine. <laughs> My parents had a priest come and bless the house, and that's when things slowed down. The fire alarms continued to go off around the... Uh, around the anniversary of her death for years, and every year my parents still visit the little girl's grave. Yeah. Cute! Yeah, and nice. this is actually from uh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer. She actually went to the library, uh, the woman who sent this in, and she scanned the newspaper article from when this little girl died. Wow. She at- sent me the actual newspaper article. This is 100% real. Are there any pictures of the corpse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would <laughs> 1958. Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't waste yeah. a picture on a corpse. Yeah, and and this is a an excerpt from uh, the actual news story. The pretty new green and white polka dot dress, which Donna Takarski chose for her preview of the thrills of kindergarten, brought death from Burns yesterday to the Fairview Park four-year-old. Donna, one of six children of Mr. and Mrs. Eugene Takarski, died in Fairview Park Hospital of Burns suffered Monday when she evidently set fire to the synthetic fabric dress with the lighted match. Her mother, Catherine, believes the inflammability of the fabric may have greatly contributed to the extent of the child's burns. Of course. Interesting. Did you know this? The lighter was invented before the match. You know, in Iceland... Iceland, it's covered in green, and then Greenland is actually covered no. in ice. Well, someone answer, why do we park on the driveway? Hey, drive on the, you think about how funny that Lord. is. Um... I but we used to just wrap our kids in asbestos for many years. Yes, yeah. that's what my grandfather died from. Mm. Asbestos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet it was really difficult putting up all the asbestos inside of the ovens. Is that no, not, is not that is grandfather. That, what... that grandfather lived a long, healthy I know, life. Tan on the beaches of Uruguay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there really was back in the day. Yeah, a lot of kids' clothing, a lot of a, yeah. a lot of people's clothing. It was made out of this synthetic fabric. But what would happen when the synthetic fabric was lit on fire is that it would melt into the skin, yes. uh, mm. and that's what would eventually kill these people. Was the actual fabric melting into the oh skin? Oh my science! So, somebody <laughs> on the Facebook page, the last podcast on the Facebook, uh, the last podcast on the left Facebook page. If you're not on it, go join it if you can handle it. But someone just posted a bunch of pictures of be- uh, people being tarred and feathered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy hell, that's much. We joke about it. Like, it's kind of a fun thing. It, it well, we've bad. seen it on Looney Tunes, but then you see it in real <laughs> life. And it's just like, oh, it's like hitting somebody in the head with an anvil. Looney Tunes, like, bonk, oh. Right. In real life, your head just becomes like salsa. Yes. <laughs> right. God. All right. All right, Henry. You're up. When you watch so many videos of human death, you just uh-huh. realize that death is an uneventful just click. And one time you're alive, and the next thing you have full of memories and hopes and dreams, and the next minute you're just fucking meat. Mm-hmm. So this story is called My Radishes. It's more like 
butternut squash. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you're you're done with it. I mean, like, if you die of cancer, technically you turn into a human scarecrow. But if you get hit by, <laughs> right. like, some sort of cement truck, yes, you're turned into more of a soup. I'm just picturing your son, like, just ready to play soccer, just ready to go to practice. Yeah, it's just so much fun, son. I love kicking the ball around. You know what I also love is the idea that every single breath I take is one last breath I'll take. And, like, let's say there's a million breaths I would take left. Night now. Can I just get out of the car? 999,999. Let me out of the car, Dad. 999,999. Just let me out of the car. 999,997. It's like a clock that's always ticking. (laughs) My Radishes. Mm. (laughs) Uh, My Radishes by Anna. It sounds like a Rihanna song about her tits. This happened on the metro in Washington, D.C. three years ago. I was riding home late one night, and at about halfway to my destination, the doors opened and a Santa-esque man in a tank top and suspenders boarded the train alone. Well, I should have been suspicious from the get-go. Santa Claus being outside of the North Pole, it's not Christmas time. You know he's here to rape. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is funny, but it's difficult. <clears throat> Well, I should have been suspicious from the get-go. I mean, a man with the beard. <laughs> he looked like a harmless, white-bearded, pot-bellied man in his 60s. I noticed he was talking to himself animatedly. Right? Yeah. That's and a was, word. That's totally Animatedly? Word. Animatedly. With An- animation. Animated, with animation? I noticed he was talking to himself with a lot of energy. <laughs> and was wandering around... And was wandering around desperately trying to get the few other writers to engage him in conversation. I paused the music I was listening to, but didn't remove my headphones so that I didn't draw his manic attention. Very good city move. Mm -hmm. After expounding on his extensive academic achievements in philosophy with, according to him, the world's most brilliant philosophers... Peering out the window and noticing that it was raining and screaming, The rain will be so good for my radishes! He realized he had no willing conversation partner and, defeated, took a seat. As I surreptitiously watched him through the reflection in the dark windows, I saw him remove his glasses, clean them on his shirt, and then, without looking, pass them over his shoulder to the Asian woman behind him, who then put them on. He got off at the next stop, and the Asian lady kept the glasses on until I got off a few stops later. He entered the train alone, tried to talk to everyone, and then took off the glasses he was wearing and blindly passed them to the random woman behind him, who then wore them. I remember looking around the train to see if anyone else had witnessed this, and no one would meet my eyes. Please help me to understand. Hakuna Mafuckit. Anna from Detroit. <laughs> Hakuna Mafuckit might be my favorite uh, way to end anything. Yeah, uh, it's Jackie's new catchphrase. Jackie's catchphrase. Is that right? Yeah. Hakuna Mafuckit? Hakuna Mafuckit. Oh, it's your right. most accessible and uh, allowed catchphrase for <laughs> the last five years. You can say yeah. that on TV. Mafuckit's not a swear word. Yeah, yeah, it gets beep. But... Yeah, for more Hakuna Mafuckit, go listen to page seven. All right. Um, all right, so the only way I can ex- understand this is uh, reality is thin, and that, that woman was also... Possibly in a level four improv class and understands <laughs> yeah. you just say yes and you just build the story because mm-hmm. you just wanted to freak you out. And the, the rain probably I mean, would have been great for his radishes. Probably. I don't know how radishes grow, but if somebody gives you glasses, put them on. Right. Yeah. What else do you do with them? Uh, and you're also, again, you're in Detroit. So 
Things are going to be different. Well, she was in Washington, <laughs> D.C. at the time. Again, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is full of fucking lizards. <laughs> All these people are variously connected through weird hidden means. Mm-hmm. I remember being in a, a, a Starbucks once in Union Square in New York City, and I was having coffee, and he looked over, and there was the same thing, a bearded-looking, like a Santa-type man with those big blue blocker, like old people Love sunglasses, that you, but the one you put over glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of the day, and he's sitting inside wearing these things, and he's talking at a table with a chair opposite him with a newspaper, and he's talking like he's talking to a camera. Like, he's talking forward to no one, and it seemed to be, he was kind of like, and he, but his facial expressions and the way he was gesturing to the empty chair next to him, it looked like he was on a late night talk show, and he was a host. <laughs> like, he was, like, huh. talking about something that this person was here to pitch. He was, like, talking, talking, really creepy looking, and he got up and he left. And I walked over to the table to where his newspaper was, and the newspaper was a village voice, and it, I forgot whose face was on it. But he had made it into a gigantic, I guess he was doodling on it, into a ornate demon face. One of the scariest drawings I've ever seen. And over it, he kept writing Hitler. Hitler was <laughs> written all over it. That's it. Sounds like Clint Eastwood uh, prepping for the 2012 RNC convention. <laughs> Speaking to the Kissel. empty chair. Kissel. Am I on fire? <laughs> I'm like that girl. I was just saying, this guy seemed like a real weird guy. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good artist to me. Alright, this story is called my Milk mm. by Jessica. <laughs> my gross. <laughs> why is that so gross? It's my milk. No. no. Uh, could I have some? No, my milk. Okay. This one's a little sexy. Mm. Still a little creepy all at the same time. My Milk. Rain beat against the thin pane of his upstairs bedroom window as lightning lit up the sky like a flash bomb. Creaks and moans of the old house, struggling against the unrelenting wind, made up the soundtrack of his lonely midnight. A soft moan escaped his lips as a stray tree branch scraped against the window. It was as if the world itself were reaching out to him, calling to him from the wind and the rain. Jeff, the wind whispered <laughs> through the trees. Not the worst name for a wind to whisper <laughs> through trees. Jeff. He sighed once more as the groans of the settling house seeped into his body. He shuddered as he imagined the implications of the house's soft cries. A hand slipped between the glorious satin bedsheets that caressed his flawless body. It was his hand. Jeff. Jeff. He got it. Oh, I found my own penis. Jeff. No. He gasped to himself and withdrew his hand as if it was scalded, as if his mere overwhelming attractiveness conducted physical heat. Jeff, Jeff, so horny for yourself. (laughs) He was parched. His lips were dry, and he flicked his tongue out, attempting to moisten them, but it was no use. The strain of denying the house's advances was wearing on him, sucking the moisture straight from his body to water the dry earth outside of his window. Jeff, Jeff, you're so wet, and now you're dry, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's raining me, he thought. It's raining me. It's raining me. Weird, he thought, his pupils dilating fully in the darkness of his bedroom. I have to fulfill my duties to my earth. The world, it needs me. Jeff, actually, there's many others we could use as well. 
He slid from beneath the sheets like a snake slithering along a pan of hot olive oil. He must sacrifice himself to the house. Thunder cracked above him as he stumbled his way through the dark. Fear gripped his body, the air escaping his lungs. I'm trying! He shouted to the house. The tiles of the kitchen floor were frigid underfoot as he grasped desperately for the refrigerator door. The light blinded him as he reached into the cold box. Grabbing a small, unmarked carton, he slammed the door, lighting up the house once more as Jeff Goldblum took a deep drink of the creamy, life-giving liquid. My milk, he whispered to the house. No, I want to take that one time. He whispered to the house, and he whispered to the house, Jeff Goldblum. Wow, <laughs> Jeff. I actually was wondering in the wow. middle of it, is this about Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> love it. This is written by Jessica Elmers. Yeah, that was a great job, Jessica. I Thank love that Thank you. One. Disgusting. That is good. Yeah, Thank you God. so much. You just, you're just made so horny by Jeff Goldblum himself <laughs> that you imagine that he is haunted by a ghost of his own horniness. The For Goldblum. himself. Goldblum. People love that Jeff Goldblum. People He's- love him. I met him. He's very, very nice. Ha-ha! <laughs> Another person I've met oh. and knows I exist. Mm. That's good. I'm real. I saw him once on the street. I've seen The Fly. I love The Fly. Mm. Such a good movie. Good yeah. film. Solid film of The Fly. <laughs> All right, so this one's called The Hill by Marco. All right, so... I live in the hills of North. Um, let's see, this is California. I live in the hills of Northern California. God, in fact, just, I'm surprised. I need how to did get you through get it? a license to drive? <laughs> no matter. I actually had to take it twice. I had to take it twice too. Parallel parking. And when yeah. was the last time you parallel parked? Every Tell me day. That. I mean, in New York City, you do it. Yeah, every, but now you have literally every cameras. day. There's cameras in the, that help you out. No, not not every car. Not I'm unless you have a car good, that's before 2010. I'm a very good driver. Um, it was I was 15 and a half when I took it. And the uh, the instructor he was a pervert. Yeah. What? what? He was a pervert. What did he do? Like you're blaming your own failings on a pervert the instructor. I mean, you no. can be a pervert and no, a parallel great parking. car driving <laughs> no. instructor. It's when you have to parallel parking. Is when you try to when you go through a Wendy's and he makes you kiss you. That's the parallel park. All right, it's different. That's yeah. called a date. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was on. Apparently, I failed it. Um. Yeah. Hated that. Um. All right. So the hill by Marco. So this guy, he starts off here. I live in the hills of Northern California. In fact, we have a big hill that leads into a forest in my backyard. I don't know why he's complaining here. As yeah, it sounds ch- nice. I, I don't it sounds like a lovely yeah. backyard. I mean, just, just, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's complaining. A little bit he does. As a child, I used to explore that area uh, a great deal. I felt safe there. It was a second home until this happened. So his second home was the forest. Just one get night through I am story. getting through it. If you would not interrupt me, that would be nice. So, okay, so we know the background here. One night I suddenly awoke in a part of the forest that was familiar to me. But instead of going home like I wanted, I started walking away from my house, calling someone's name that I still don't remember, while going deeper into the forest. The next thing I remember, I'm sitting at a desk in my room staring at a blank computer screen, dirt still on my feet. I stayed in that position until the morning when I awoke from the trance. Then I showered, slept, and never went back up that hill again. Over the years, we've lost countless pets to that hill, my dad and brothers chalk it up as a mountain lion or something like that, getting a hold of them. But I think it's something else. We never found the bodies. Great. What a <laughs> hell of a story. I mean, what am I supposed to do with this? You so he lives in a nice place. Suss it up. You got to punch it up. 
Okay, one he he's awoke. I don't uh, know. He's just he's, God, he wakes up next to his computer screen, and all his animals are dead. He just went into a masturbation blackout. I understand <laughs> that. I've been there. You know, like the moments before you come, where literally, if someone told you, like, "Oh, give me a thousand dollars, and we'll 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 kill this dog," and you'd be like, "Whatever, just do whatever." <laughs> yeah. It's like you're like not thinking at all, and yeah. then you come, and then you're a rational human but, um, being again. It was a mountain lion. Because that, the, of course, there's no bodies. They eat the whole thing. Yeah, but then what happened when he was wandering through the forest, screaming someone's name that he did not know against his will? Elephants. Jeff! Elephants <laughs> actually bury their own dead. Sometimes they do. I mean, it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a ghost story. It's, it's ghost not supposed story. to make sense. No, it's a story about a mountain lion. I mean, you think maybe it's a, it might be a mountain lion, no, but it's, it's the whole thing is that it's a possible paranormal experience. Kissel, you know what you are? You're a reductivist. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> What's that? Hmm. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, this one is a poem. Oh. It's called "The Graveyard at Midnight." It's by Renata. Ooh, mm. I love their hotels. I know. <laughs> Thistles claim the tombstones, stuck in sodden clay. The granite angel moans oh. <laughs> at the evil and the prey. Standing over the graveyard covered in her moss, she has seen all of man, our centuries of loss. I have dared to enter with unholy intent. The granite defender cries in silent lament. Oh. Alas, my evil task demands I cross her gaze. I did so with my mind in unholy haze. The crypt is filled with death, and damned spirits who fill my lungs with their breath. But I keep moving through to the shelf, to the place where the coffin wood warps. Yet I, I have done this all just to fuck a corpse. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have a twist ending there. He has sex with all the corpses that he robs, huh? That's his whole thing. It is fun. <laughs> Yikes. All right, so this one's called Flies by Catherine. Catherine. Catherine, or is it Catherine? I think it's Catherine. I think if it's a C, <laughs> it's Catherine. No, it's never Catherine. Yeah, Catherine is just a fine uh, name, too. Catherine has never existed. No one no, has ever been called Catherine. Catherine. No, you cannot. No, you don't, no one, I've never heard anyone say Catherine. If I said, oh, if someone yeah. said to me, Catherine, I know it's a fake name, and they are literally on the run from, from uh, no. uh, uh, the police. Catherine no. Bowels, that's me. Catherine, uh, chocolate, table, water bottle. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Catherine is a real name, and I had a friend named Catherine. Now you're making it up. Yep. <laughs> um, all right, flies by Catherine. Thank you. All right, so uh, for some reason, everyone's telling me where they're from here in my We lived stories. in Palm Arbor, Florida, which is where my parents live. Yeah. Really? Don't kill my parents. You can't, though. My dad is packing. Well, I think your dad is slowly killing too. himself, and your mother can't wait to see him go. We lived in Palm Harbor, Florida, in a quiet neighborhood, right by the Zabrowskis, who were always trying to give us food. Yes. <laughs> they killed their dog by feeding it too much. My father's killing himself with three packs of cigarettes a day. Three packs? Unbelievable. It's his hobby. He loves it. I can't. Three packs of cigarettes a day, uh, Henry's father smokes. All right. So, Flies by Catherine. Catherine. We lived in Palm We lived in Palm Harbor, Florida in a quiet neighborhood. We had a neighbor two doors down to the right, a woman in her 50s. She was a recluse. 
One day, my brother and I were playing in the backyard near the screened-in porch and noticed a large amount of dead black flies. Ooh, not good. There had been a few of the same kind in the house that week, too. The large, slow flies that don't really bother you. Big, juicy ones. They kind of yeah. look like you could eat. They d- I love a good, big fly. Yeah. You have a respect for it. The recluse's grass had gotten pretty long, so our neighbor across the street, knowing the woman was alone, went over to ask if he could cut it for her. When he approached the house, it seemed she painted the windows near the door black, but when he knocked, the black moved. She hadn't painted her windows. It was all flies. Well, isn't that cheaper than painting? (laughs) He called the police, and they had to break in. They discovered her body liquefied into the couch. All of her animals were dead, except for one fat cat. Which, that is horrible. That fat cat was having the time of its life. Oh, yeah. Eating those flies. The woman had died of alcoholism six weeks prior. The cat had survived on its owner. Yeah. Oh, my. So that cat was just like, I died and went to heaven. Yeah. But technically, I'm the one still alive. I guess I do like Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) Every day is like a Tuesday now. That's why cats are terrible. They will immediately eat you. The, the dog will lie it, down next to you and slowly die with you. But yeah. also the worst is that a dog will defend your body so much that it wouldn't even let the EMTs get to it to yes. save you. That is true, that too. That is a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's One. a double-edged sword. There's got to be an in-betweener there. That's why I always have an animal in a cage. The cat <laughs> survived on its owner. But I think true cat lovers, they don't mind that. Yeah, I That's think what they, kind of what they want to have happen. I think they're into it. Well, I mean, I think like true cat lovers like to be abused a little bit. A little bit. That's yeah. why I'll have thousands of snakes. Ooh, not bad. <laughs> and I'll release them as I die. I'm going to have a thing like hooked up to my heart. Then when I die, all the cages to my snakes open. That happens in Florida all the time. Yep. Yeah. That's why you guys constantly have random amphibian problems. Yeah. When I was a kid, my parents were super religious and made us go to church and Bible study. Our church was very old and had a lot of creepy hidden rooms and basements. Each year, my dad helped with the greening of the church, basically putting up Christmas decorations without admitting to the commercialization of Christmas. <laughs> Too fucking late. And Too they late. stole the holiday from the fucking pagans from mm. uh, based upon a religion that did not exist in the first place. The fucking Jesus Christ is a collection of myths. Early 1800s, Christmas wasn't celebrated at all. Hmm. One year, my brothers and I helped decorate. One of the church elders took us to the creepy catacomb-style basement to get more decorations, and he told us about the Iron Tycoon and his wife, who had built the church in the early 1800s. The two loved each other very much, but loved Jesus even more. So they built this beautiful (laughs) church to celebrate him. But soon after the church was finished, the wife killed herself in the chapel. Yeah, I gotta do it, metal, yeah. The tycoon then retrofitted a mausoleum into the basement and buried his wife there. And he must not have cared that much because he married another woman shortly after. People deal with grief differently. Mm -hmm. Also, gotta get a dick wet. (laughs) She was very superstitious and started to believe that she could smell the rotting dead body of his late wife coming up from the basement of the church. She insisted that he dig up the body and remove it from the church. He resisted for a time. But his wife persisted that there was an odor of rotting flesh. So he finally removed the body, but his wife continued to smell rotting flesh. Hmm. After many years of complaining of smells and sounds coming from the basement, she committed suicide in the choir hall. Yeah, he's 0 for 2 now. Damn. Wow. That dick's got to be sad. Yeah, I had to do that with a dog once. 
what, two dogs died? No, I buried a dog uh, right outside my window, but I didn't bury him deep enough, so when he started decomposing, the smell started wafting in through my window, so I had to dig him up uh, and bury him somewhere You're else. like a trailer trash version of Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Isn't that nice? My brothers and I weren't scared until the elders took us back to the basement where the mausoleum and pedestal for the coffin were. It was very creepy, with a wrought iron gate and candelabras built into the natural stone wall. So we ran back upstairs with my brothers, joking that they could smell the rotten flesh. <laughs> That's funny. Before we left for the night, my brothers teased me about the mausoleum. So we snuck back to the basement to see the woman's grave. The temperature had dropped in the basement, and some of the lights wouldn't turn on. My brothers insisted that we stand by the pedestal and call to the ghost. I was terrified but was too scared to go upstairs by myself, so we went inside the mausoleum and stood by the pedestal. To this day, we can still recall the wafts of rotten meat coming from the room. The rest of the light started to flicker and then blew out. So we're standing there with no lights and then heard crying. But it wasn't like audible in the room per se. It was more like it was inside our head. But we all heard a woman's voice crying. We ran for the iron gate, and when we got out of the mausoleum, a bunch of the Christmas lights that were still downstairs had been thrown all over the floor with most of the little bulbs being broken. When we told our dad, he was mad at us for going down alone, and we got blamed for breaking the lights. All right. Well, I guess he didn't bury the uh, the wives very well, huh? Is yeah. that what that's about? I mean, it's a pretty much just a, you know, he, they killed themselves and, you know, he buried their bodies and they haunted it through smells of rotting flesh, which yeah. a lot of people say, like, uh, hauntings, the smell of rotting flesh, at least in, in poltergeist activity, uh, often, often. Uh, accompanying, accompanies the, uh, you know, haunting. Makes sense. Smells Makes- and movements. Like yes. when we're in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, isn't getting that? That's a sign of good health. I bought a blender. I've been juicing. Yeah. So you keep saying the healthy. term juicing. I'm juicing. You're just putting booze and strawberries in it. You're just making donuts. <laughs> no. That's not juicing. No. That's not juicing at all. Uh, yeah, it is juicing. <laughs> I, strawberries, mangoes, kiwi, banana, straw, uh, and uh, oh, there's one more thing that I'm forgetting. that I, Rum! <laughs> and I, I put in a bunch of rum, and that's, that. And rum has coconuts on the, on the old cover there. So that's kind of a coconut. You're just getting drunker in a fruitier way. <laughs> hey, man, all I know is I feel great. My skin's never looked better, and I am gaining weight. I see you are visibly hungover as well, more often than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not hungover. I'm super vitalized. <laughs> uh, our other sponsor today is Adam and Eve. .com. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll receive 50% off just about any item. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free mystery gift. And to top it all off, they'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. Adamandeve.com. Use the code LEFT at checkout. That's LEFT at adamandeve.com. Use... L-E-F-T at AdamandEve.com. Okay, this next story is by uh, our old friend Claude Wilson. Ah, the boy. Yeah, the boy who wrote the wonderful Cthulhu story last year. This one is called Intrusive Thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are involuntary, unwanted ideas, images, or compulsions that can be distressing, become obsessive, and be difficult to ignore. They are usually violent, sexual, or otherwise inappropriate and aggressive in nature. The source of these thoughts in literature is the metaphorical imp 
of the perverse, a term popularized by Edgar Allan Poe. A parallel concept to this is the Freudian death drive, or Thanatos, the inherent human compulsion towards self-destructive behavior. Hmm. Why do we as humans feel this compulsion towards the destruction of both the self and the other? What biological, evolutionary reason is there for our mind to tell us to do these things if we as organisms have developed in such a way that we would want to survive? Well, what if that voice in your head, those intrusive thoughts, aren't coming from your brain? What if the imp of the perverse is real? I see that you're eating that carrot, but I was actually thinking of a fun little idea about how but instead if you put up inside of your asshole... <laughs> Is that the imp of the perverse talking or my brain? Uh, no, guilty. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I see you're eating that apple. That seems like a fun little thing. How about instead of putting in your mouth, you take it instead you put it up inside of your asshole? <laughs> seems like a similar thing to what I thought about with the carrots. How about we kill that police officer, huh? That'd be kind of fun. Should you I... know what it's? He's just hanging out, waggling his big fat pear bottom around. Why don't you go over and take his gun? <laughs> take his gun. Have fun with that. The imp. Make it fun. Have fun with this one. Have fun. <laughs> That's what life is all about. It's all about having fun. Um, um, oh, I actually do believe there's an also theory. The reason why we have not been approached by alien races is that because any species that builds its way towards consciousness is essentially on a, a suicide drive and they kill themselves before they can reach intergalactic travel. So you're saying the that, aliens are all dead? We essentially, yeah, and then we blow ourselves up, and like, that we're on the de- we're on the track to blow ourselves up. The oh. consciousness that you're saying that consciousness is a suicide machine. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I can totally <laughs> see. I was watching. How many? Let me ask you. How many theories of why aliens haven't visited us yet do you have rolling around in your head? There's way more than the reasons why they have visited us. You know what I mean? Because yes. they haven't visited us yet. You don't think they've visited us yet? Well, actually, you know, you know my thoughts. Well, do we need to expound upon them no, again? No, we can't do that. Well, pretty much why they haven't. I guess it's why they haven't contacted us. The problem know? is that we also uh, are Publicly. stuck. We, we we are part of the uh, very arrogant belief that they would show up with like an armada of ships with flags just like we do and they would show up and be like we're here from the planet Neptune and then it would be like a whole oh. thing like they all come down and our president would meet them they all think that that's what how it happened where I do but of course it's much more mysterious than that our universe is thin reality isn't even real they're even talking about like as a biological necessity the reality could actually be more fire on brains actually for survival that we don't actually see things that match up to what are what is really real because it's really just about fitness it's about works in her own brain you can take mm-hmm. ragnar for that article that i read at the gym yesterday while i was i was struggling i almost threw up while i was doing the back machine and i was like this isn't real and then it, it, it was real. easier but it is real though it's not though it is um you've been watching brain games that's kind of a fun show on television by the way, yeah, we, I mean, we are creating our own doom. It's going to be robots, though. I was watching nothing but robot footage yesterday. They just beat the hell out of these robots. They're like, it can take it. And it's like, well, that's good to know that you can beat it with a lead pipe and it's doing just fine. I trust robots rather than people at this no, point. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, bring yeah. on the robots. Yeah, Ben, you're Ugh. really getting into this robot thing. It's awful terrifying. It's terrifying. You should be. They're going to be a tra- It's fucking 80 degrees out. It's October. We're done. 
we're done. Robots need to take over because they know Robots what's up. are more pollutant than humans. All they are, they're a bunch of gas. But they don't need water and air to, to live. What do you mean uh, that robots are a bunch of gas? They they're got not, gas. They're not all running off of combustion. They're lawnmower yeah, robots. Not robots all... are lawnmowers. Lawnmowers are robots. They're not trapped in a forever long episode of Steampunk, well, which is I the show know. that I've been watching recently is people doing it's steampunk designers Either designing way. things for rooms. And... Everyone's so just like, the robots are going to take over and then we just keep on making them, and then everything. There, Charlie Rose just interviewed one. Why are you? Uh, yeah, you sent out us. You sent an article. They uh, can sweat now. What do you mean? That's just lubrication. Yeah, that's it's like oil. Squirt and yeah. juice. It's the same sweat. Thing. It is robot sweat. It's no, the it's same not. thing as oil. When they trick us, into, and then all of a sudden you go home with a robot, and you lost all your body parts. <laughs> Because she was sweating. You thought she was real. Even in a total recall, they didn't sweat. Yeah, I am uploading my brain to the first exoskeleton that we heard about last gonna episode. Get, no, I'm going to do it. You have to be Elon Musk to do that. I'm going to be the funny one. <laughs> the funny exco- exoskeleton. Well, I don't know. This one's called House Invasion, and it's by Katie. House Invasion by Katie. All right. They're always telling me where they grew up here in the starts. They're trying to connect. I yeah, see. they're trying to connect. They're so this set- is Katie's life, not not mine, just to yeah. let that make that clear. They're setting the scene. All right. I grew up in a suburb on the edge of some woods near St. Louis. Our backyard had thick had a thick band of trees behind it, and one Saturday when I was 12 years old, I was out back mowing the grass with my two dogs tied up nearby. The dogs started barking at something in the trees, but I didn't see anything. I assumed it was a, I thought, I assumed it was a squirrel or something. I didn't think much of it. So she's mowing there. She's got the dogs with her. The next day, my younger sister was home alone, and a man rang the doorbell. My sister answered, and he asked if our parents were home. She told him that they were upstairs. He said, okay, and left. You have, you also, Yikes. you know what it is so sometimes, too, the way you read the stories? It's like you're a police officer dealing with a streaker. Well, you never know what they're up to there. A couple of days later, I was at school in the middle of class when someone came to the classroom door and asked me to come to the office. My dad was there waiting for me. Looking very upset. The dad is upset. Kind of nice to get out of class, though. He hugged me and told me that something bad had happened to my mom. I immediately worried that she had been hit in a car or, you know, had been in a car accident, was maybe even dead. But my dad continued and told me that she had come home from the grocery store and a man had been in the house. He had a duffel bag full of our stuff, electronics and jewelry, and held my mom at knife point. Our next door neighbor noticed that our our dogs had run outside, and she came to check on our house. Isn't this nice? A nosy neighbor could save the day. Let's see how it works out. A lot of times a nosy neighbor just masturbates to your children. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> the man with a knife still on my mom made her, let our, made her let our neighbor into the house. He forced them both to undress and possibly worse, but my parents would never tell me exactly what happened. They watched, uh, they watched um, How I Met Your Mother, though, something <laughs> kind of fun. There was yeah. Nothing bad happened there, I promise you. They all learned about they, life and love. That's Well, I don't know. Maybe they watched uh, maybe something kind of like a fun Brain Barbara games. Streisand. <laughs> Yentl! They eventually ran in separate directions, and the man fled. Okay, so now everyone's safe. The police found him the next morning sleeping in a tent in, in a nearby house's backyard, which struck me as particularly dumb of him, but whatever. The police found a little nest in the woods behind our house, and it turned out that he had been sleeping there for about a week, watching our house. Our dogs had been barking at the guy in the woods while I was mowing the lawn 50 feet away. You just shouldn't have given him this story. This is actually very creepy. 
that man was in a tent watching the family and then he at knife point with the help of the neighbor raped this woman's mother. He did not do that. No, nah, they were just hanging out in their underwear. That's not true. <laughs> that is the truth. Keep it upbeat. <laughs> That's not an upbeat story. That is you can't upbeat. Be like, yeah, the police found him. All right. It's a lovely story. That is nice. And I'm happy the dogs were okay. I was worried the dogs were going to die. Sigil Abduction by Emmett. So when I was bumming around the UK, living on couches and stuff as a little homeless holiday, I began doing some magical exercises to try and get me a job. Sigils, middle pillar exercises, that sort of thing. And you know what? It worked. But that's not the crux of this story. My dreams began to take on strange symbolism as I felt the spell come into manifestation over the course of a couple of weeks. I had been reading the works of Robert Anton Wilson. Hieroglyphics of the god Horus began appearing on the walls of otherwise unremarkable dreams. In a lucid dream, I was offered a pill with the eye of Horus on it. I didn't take the pill. I'm a little paranoid about letting things in. So one night, the fella I was staying with was out, so I was asleep in his bed. In the middle of the night, I woke up to see a strange sight above my bed. It was like an enormous black pyramid, and I would have been invisible if it was not lit up with a slight light coming from around its edges. Now, I don't know how to explain this correctly, but the object seemed to be floating behind the world, behind reality somehow. If you've read Grant Morrison's The Invisibles, think of it as being something floating outside of the superfluid that reality is projected on. I got you. I follow. Anyway, as soon as I noticed, as it began to fade away, and I called out to it, Hey, man, come back. I want to talk. Suddenly, a cacophony of sound, think like someone playing a trillion notes at once on a synthesizer, roared up and engulfed me consciousness. It was terrifying, and for a moment, my brain tried to brush it off as just a movie, nope, it's just a game, nope, just a dream, nope, fuck, this is real. Absolute terror set in, and then I was pulled into my first out-of-body experience, and my only one since. The noise increased in intensity, and I began to be pulled towards this massive light, colour, and noise that I couldn't really make sense of. I a feeling in my brain was going to start this experience into an alien abduction scenario to make sense of it. I called out to communicate with me in a way that makes sense. I just continued to pull me towards a terrible mass. I formed astral hands somehow. I know that I should signal it somehow. I throw out a symbol because these things speak in symbols, right? And all I could think of was to, to flip it off. And I did. And I was thrown back into my body and then I laughed because it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I'm just saying, if it's your first out-of-body experience, it means that you should have a second one. <laughs> but he's just he only had one. He had one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you only get one shot, and it sounds like he fucked it up. No, yeah. he didn't. Fu- I think he did everything right. He flipped it off and went back to his body. He had a great time. Technically, the problem is that he says he has a problem with letting himself go and letting letting things yeah. in. Is that if you really want to live a magical life, you go into that shit. Yeah, but what if you never come back? And the next thing you know, you're getting torn uh, torn apart by bees that uh, you know talk like British people well, and <laughs> have legs that, that could actually stand up on. What I will say, the problem with doing ritual magic all the time is that eventually you do need to choose whether or not you want to have a normal life or be a wizard when you start reading about people that are, are truly into magic they truly become uh i would say almost unbearable people it's like people <laughs> yeah. that are highly buddhist people are very advanced and meant to, like you have to be reclusive and choose a lifestyle yeah you have so yeah. if you in order to really go there you got to go into the black pyramid and then you are forever the dude who hangs in front of the slushy machine telling the guy at the 7-eleven counter how you know secrets about the universe that nobody else does because by this point you have nothing else well then why do you need a slushy 
She's thirsty. Yeah. All right. I mean, even if you have the secrets of the universe, you can still enjoy the sweet, sweet, icy sensation of a slushy from 7-Eleven. And seem like nothing. cherry Coke kind of guys. They get the cherry Coke. You know what they do? Yeah, I bet they yeah. do get the cherry uh, cherry yeah, yeah. Coke ices. Yeah, you get straight up cherry, man. That's the way you go with an icy. It's the worst kind of icy. I get them at the movie theater sometimes. I get a cherry icy every time I go to the movie theater. I get a cherry icy. I tried to mix it with vodka, but the vodka melts the ice too fast. Yeah, we did that. Remember, we did that in L.A. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> did not work out for us. That's okay, though. Um, all right, Marcus, you're up. All right. This one is called The Leaf Spirit of the Old Church. My story involves my childhood habit of breaking into old buildings in my hometown. There was an old church that belonged to the Jesuits who had been stationed on my reserve, but the church had long been boarded up. A few of my friends and I had a habit of breaking into old places as we considered ourselves urban explorers. We pulled a corner away from the front door to go in. The metal beams supported the building were rusting through the walls and they were almost blood red. The floor was covered in ripped paper and bird feathers, and there was no altar. Next to where the altar should have been was a door with a hold from the top left half to a few inches above the missing knob. We open the door, and there's a staircase that leads down that is stone and covered in moss. A few of us decide to go down using my friend's lighters as flashlights. My friend Crystal slips the last few steps and falls down. The basement is a dirt floor and covered in old, rotting leaves. As I'm helping Crystal up, the room starts to buzz like something is powering up and the air is sucked away from us. We look across the basement and the leaves are pulling back towards the opposite wall like a wave. As the wave reaches the back wall, there's a loud sound like a tornado and we haul ass up the stairs and slam the door as we hear the roar behind us. A few friends that stayed upstairs think that we're trying to scare them, but their faces turn white and they rush out. We follow them. We found out later that the other girls saw a face in the hole in the door that looked like it was made out of leaves. Ooh. Cool. Environmental monster. Our friend, um, <laughs> Compost. Our friend Cena, that we know through various comedic means, also does the brighter side uh, on Cape Comedy Radio. He, uh, saw a leaf-made man or a man made out of leaves while on ayahuasca. <laughs> so it's got to be real. Um, there's it no could way. be an elemental. Colin Wilson talks about elementals. Yeah. You fucking asshole. No, I'm sure there's a leaf-made man. He wasn't tripping off one of the hardest hallucinogens known to man. <laughs> he just saw a man made out of leaves. Maybe it makes you... Maybe it was a soldier. Maybe it makes you see clearer. Don't you ever fucking think that for a second? I don't think it does. Third eye, open it up. You've got too much fluoride in your system, buddy. Yeah, you got hey, good you know teeth, what? but you got no brain. <laughs> I'll take the fluoride. Love the fluoride. Close the third eye. Um, that's actually not what the third eye is, if you know what I'm talking about. Mommy, I absolutely, by, I absolutely well, don't. don't even worry about it. Are you talking about anus? Are you talking no! about anal cavity? I actually no. don't understand you. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. What is it? He was on ayahuasca. <laughs> Did not see a leaf creature. Mommy by Pat. This is the final story. Final story. Final story. Unless we're doing it on my, Maybe this isn't the final story. I don't even know. Yeah, it's the final story. Okay. Mommy by Pat. Uh, I'll read it. I'm from a small town in Dwight, Illinois. Love, I've been to Dwight. Great place. I have two brothers, Ben and Chris, and one sister, Kendall. We lived in a remodeled 100-year-old farmhouse. The house lies 2.5 miles from a small town known as Cardiff. I've also been to Cardiff. No, Cardiff. 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 No, it's Illinois, so it's, it's um, old Car... I don't Car- know. Cardiff. Car- Car- Cardiff. 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 
Either way, they love their bologna. The reason I'm telling you is <laughs> the reason I'm telling you all this is because it all ties together. Okay, exciting. <laughs> so Dwight, Illinois, two brothers, Ben and Chris, sister. Okay, so this all ties together here. The first interaction with the spirit was when we were kids. My sister and I stayed home from school. My sister was in the living room laying on the couch, and I was in the kitchen putting a putting a cup in the sink. Well, that's kind of a strange thing to remember doing. But The next thing I remember is my sister standing behind me whispering, Do you hear that? <clears throat> At the time, I didn't hear anything. But the closer we got to the front of the house, I heard it. It sounded like a child crying and yelling for mommy. Years later, I talked to my sister about it, and she said... She thought it was a dream. I told her what I remembered, and she was stunned. So I researched the house with my little brother, Chris, and found out that one of the owners of the Cardiff mine lived in the plot of land where our house is. He had a, he had a wife and a small child who both passed away there. Mommy. I imagine so they just died. To your, turning to your kids one day, right? If you ever have child, I don't know if you're, if you're remotely fertile, but imagine if you having children no, yeah. and then being like, what was it like? What was your father like? What was Ben like as a dad? And they were like, he paid more attention to the mice. <laughs> That's what they'll say. I love the mice. They'll say he was cold and distant like a statue. Well, Mon- if you ask the mice how it was, they'll tell you a different story. Yeah. How was Ben as a dad? Monotone. Monotone. Nice. Um, tall. <laughs> Very tall. Paul is a father. I am more of a here's some money kind of dad. See, that's what I what I take the money. That's what Natalie and we're talking about this the other day. If we ever have kids, you can send them to boarding school now. You just send them to boarding school, and then you just visit during the holidays, bringing big gaudy presents. No, that's what you fancy used to be able to do. You yeah. can't do that anymore. A, do it now. That's a horrible way to raise a child. It, that's not li- raising the child. Life it's not is raising difficult. a child. That, like that's giving a child to old British men and women and having them do it for you. Uh, and pretty they much have having four them- walls and a bed and so, are fed and are they get forced outside time. Get. That's what they get. That's what they get for all the money. You you're know what? Spending. Don't have a kid. Yeah. Don't have a kid. Yeah, you're just gonna send it to a wooden box. I'm gonna ra- it's like I'm going to make my uh, my own little William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> you're just going to devastate the body of your girlfriend, and then you're not even going to get the, the cute kid until it turns into a teen, and then ship it away. We have Christmas. So you and have to travel Saint- for Christmas. Christmas, St. Crispin's Day. That's not a day. That's not <laughs> um, a holiday. The day after Thanksgiving, because we have our own Thanksgiving. Um, well, July saying, 4th. What, what do you do at St. Crispin's Day? St. Crispin's Day, you hand out toffees. <laughs> I think you made up that holiday. Yeah. All right. Wow. Those are some creepy stories. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for sending them in. Yeah. Thank you all very much for sending in all of your stories this year. Uh, some of them were real and some of them were less than real and some of them were uh, truly scary and some of them just sound like you didn't go far enough with chaos magic, bro. I don't know. I think they did a great job. The, the scariest one was Jeff Goldblum. He drank all the milk. Man, he's hot. He does smell Jeff. very good. Yes, I'm sure he does. Um, We are so close to Halloween. Getting there. I have not really had the time to even really sit and get into the spirit because we've been working so hard doing all this stuff, and it's just so nice. Last night I sat, I watched Phantasm 1, 2, and 3. Oh, it's the best. I had a lovely time. You feel so good. The fall's coming. Love that I'm wearing shorts. Um, you just get out there. It's just great. It's just great. Halloween's yeah. so soon. And your pretty face is coming to hell. It, your pretty face is going to hell. It opens on d- October 23rd. So please, full of a God, watch it. Hell is waiting for you, cocksuckers. All right. I also watched a movie called Clown, which was very Clown. scary. Well, they say Clown, but it's Clown, and I highly recommend it. Check it out. Also, Dinesh D'Souza's 
Hillary's America. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he got 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and it deserved less than that. It was the worst thing I ever saw in my life. You know what's really fucking good? An Iranian horror movie called Under the Shadows. Yes. Very, very yeah, good. Just I was very close that. to watching that. I got to say, the Iranians are absolutely crushing it. Although, I'm not sure if that movie was actually the, the vampire film. Uh, a girl walks alone, or something. A girl like walks that. home alone at night. I believe um, a girl I, walks alone at night. It's great though. That is yeah. a very romantic movie. It's a good it date was. movie. Yeah, mm. the Iranians are crushing it with uh, a lot of things. Although I think that was actually filmed in uh, in L. A. <laughs> That's, what I was told. That's what I was told. But it's an Iranian movie. It's very beautiful. Yes. Well, uh, thanks, uh, as always. Thanks, everybody, you gave to uh, our Patreon. Uh, if you want to give to our Patreon, patreon.com slash lastpodcast on, on the left is the place to do it. Uh, tickets are on sale for Boston Ooh. right now. Go to cavecomedyradio.com slash live to find tickets to Boston. Those are selling out extremely quick. Can't wait to go there and have you guys throw things at us. Yeah. No, they're very nice in Boston. I don't know. They're very rowdy. When we do Murder Fist, you do Austin all the time, and they're great, great comedy crowd, but they're nuts. Yeah. Park, park the car in the Harvard Yard. Very good. The, park the, the car in the Harvard Yard. Be sure to do that. I'm going to, because that's an impression. <laughs> now, Red Doctor, you gotta get up from Boston. Not from Boston. That's Boston? You're, like, from Boston. you're like Fire Marshal uh, <laughs> Bill. Hello, my from... name is from Boston. I'm from Massachusetts. In living color. All right. And that's on January 7th, and in December, uh, we're doing Seattle and Portland. All the tickets... All the links to these tickets are uh, over on cavecomedyradio.com slash live. We've got, I think, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six dates that we are just a tiny, tiny, tiny little hair away from finalizing, uh, from being able to... uh, Cut to be able to announce, and it's seriously all over the United States and Canada. The Carpenter's yes. term is cunt hair away. <laughs> no, that is not. That is not. You know what? I was trying to be classy. <laughs> I don't like Money it. can't buy you class. And that's money the thing can't about buy the you Money couldn't buy you class. Money could buy me class. Patreon, you met as much money you give it to us, you'll never buy us class. Yeah, no, never. I'm going to get class. I ain't got a bunch of class. I don't want no class. I want class. Yeah. I got a bunch of Loretto high heel boots coming. And, and I ain't got no principles. Ben, your class ain't nothing but trash. All right, whatever, you idiots. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's see here. Thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on Cave Comedy Radio. Abling its top ad, it's heating up. We only got three more weeks of this election hell, or maybe two more weeks, I'm depending on when this blow goes my up. brains out. <laughs> yep, so that'll be exciting. And uh, sex and other human activities, the round table of gentlemen, uh, the lucky bone show. Mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks for that. And uh, check out the wizard and the bruiser. That's Holden McNeely's show. With the, He's doing it with Jake Young. Just, you know what? Just put it on mute and play one through. Give him a reason to live. Uh, he is just he op- it's a really fun show. I'm actually, I, I produce a, a few episodes, so I'm on a couple of them. But yeah, go and check it out. Uh, the Sandman episode that we just did was a lot of fun. So go, go. go and check oh, yeah. that one. That's a, that's a good one to start with. Um, hail Satan, everyone. Yes. And of course, should we say something about Washington, D.C.? Or I mean, well, I mean, we're, we sold out. So there, yeah. So don't bother coming to that, then. <laughs> yeah, we sold out our uh, Benson Ball show. Uh, so we, uh, we can't wait to... Uh, to see y'all there. Come yes. on down. Come on down. Check it out. All right. Hail yourselves, everybody. Hail me. Oh, man. I got a shit. Oh, uh, okay. Hail Gein. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah. Oh, good God. Tag Magoose team. Delation. No, it's not a tag team. Tag team. That's it. not how tag team works. Bushwhackers. <laughs> Dude, I don't even bring up the bushwhackers. There's a great tag team.